Oh. Wow. Oh. Afternoon Ooh. after winners. That's right. What is up, everybody? And welcome into the DNVR Nuggets podcast. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top rated sportsbook. Get this promo code DMVR when you sign up. I'm glad that you brought the air horn because I'm telling you in my soul there is still an air horn oh. blaring and blasting. Hey. This is the thing. What's the opposite of a hangover? A hangover is like you had a great night and then you're, like you no, feel you're like talking shit. about still drunk. They're <laughs> still drunk. Okay, yeah. that's what it, the hangover is still coming. You're on a bender is what you're on. Yeah. That's what I feel like right now. I mean, this is the cool thing about a great Nuggets win is like you just get injected with these good that's feelings. Right. <laughs> and when it's an especially great win like that last one was, it just doesn't go away. You wake up like I woke up early. I was tired, but I woke up early anyway because I'm like, you know what's great? The world. That's right. Thank God they won that game. (laughs) Could you imagine the discourse if they had lost? Uh, I mean, the discourse has kind of been shitty either way. I mean, well, I've stopped caring about the discourse, guys. We are. I don't care either. I I could give a shit about the discourse too, but it's impossible just not to see. Yeah, you know, we are online. Yeah, Yeah. we do. It's like our job. I'm (laughs) telling you, I'm getting better and better at at not seeing it as much. Although it does obviously inevitably creep into my life. I'll introduce my my panel here, though. Mm -hmm. The vibes are immaculate. He's repping the shirt. I had to. <laughs> I, I had to throw it on. I saw it, and I was like, "This is the day for the vibes are immaculate shirt." <laughs> like, call. this is it. This is the time. Vote. Don't you think that like Bones Highland, he now the jersey, the rainbow panel jersey is now his. The vibe shirt is Harrison. I, I've Harrison. actually felt that already. He's, yeah. he's, first of all, he's the only one that like pulls it off all the time. That's true. That's I haven't worn it in a while. I've been waiting for the right moment to break it out. I didn't even buy that. I'm like, I can't pull that off. So I it's haven't even tried. Me. It's not for me. Uh, over here, though, uh, definitely pulling off the bar. You look like a New York baseball fan. You look like you work for John Boy. It's Brennan Vote. Yeah, no, every dope. single show, you have a different look that he's Isn't it representing. Isn't yeah, it incredible this Actually, job I have? you guys want to congratulate me at my new gig at The Athletic? I am a <laughs> trendy athletic? coastal sports writer. <laughs> that is actually, uh, you do look like Joe You Martin. have a notebook. I do. He does have a notebook. Wow. Got some fan <laughs> For real though, I slept really great. Uh, not an ounce of cope in my life last night or this morning. This so it all great. feels good. It's so true, man. I mean, cope this is what makes sports really can bring you the best and worst. And like we've experienced our share of both. Uh, you know, those sleepless nights, those nights where you wake up and hit the snooze, and you're like, do I really want to face the world today? <laughs> I'm ready for <laughs> maybe, this. Maybe not. Yeah. Shouts to Game Three of the uh, Utah Denver series a couple weeks ago. Um, but there's also nights like this where you're just like. Oh, I can't wait to get home and just read the timeline and just bask in the afterglow. See the comments, rewatch. I don't watch. Rewatch. I don't know about read the timeline. I was more excited to just like go back through the highlights. Oh, the highlights, no question <laughs> yeah. about it. Like relive the game, of yeah. course, man. Like yeah, all of these moments. You know what else I enjoy? Like, oh no, here it is. Just, I mean, Jokic is supporting Cash. Like we just have to admit it's better now. We do have to admit it's better. I know. I put this. I, I right. love it. Right. First of all, I honestly love it. I did a soliloquy over on Locked On Nuggets last night. Like, I was feeling a little heated, to be honest. I've just been feeling a little, like, ramp, ramped up. And oh. it was about this very concept about the idea of a supporting cast and a culture. Because I really do think that 76ers team, it, there's a lot of good players. There are a lot of good people there. Like, this is not by any means uh, an, an, my own personal indictment of every single piece there. But I do feel like they represent one future of the, of the game. The same way Brooklyn represents one future of the game. The same way that Lakers team that won in the bubble represents one future of the game. And it's one I kind of despise. This idea of, like, if we do everything right on our spreadsheets, we can win. And that's actually where championships are Mm -hmm. won. It's funny that we had the last dance become this, like, big cultural thing. Because it was all about, like, Michael Jordan, Jerry Krause, right? Like, this battle between who's really more deserving of the credit. Is it the player or is it the GM? 
And I wonder, like, the way people talk about and the way people root for sports now, if, like, we've somehow shifted to, like, ha, 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 Jerry Krause, you loser. Of course it's MJ to... It's all done on paper. Like, everybody puts themselves in the mind of the GM, and, like, we just have to assemble the right number of super teams. And I feel like the 76ers, and, and James Harden in particular, represent a little bit of this. Of like, has James Harden grown as a leader in his 10 years as the main guy? In my opinion, no. He just, like, leaves every place he goes in shambles, gets rid of Chris Paul, who, yeah. by the way, is an absolute winner, we're finding out, gets rid of Russell Westbrook, the loser, gets rid of the, the, the city of Brooklyn. And so for part of me, like... That was almost like one of the stakes of the game last night. Is I feel like there's a team with a lot of soul getting yeah. contributions from second rounders and, and late firsters to a team with no soul, and all of a sudden they have no supporting cast. It is a classic good versus evil. That's classic right. you know? good versus and evil. And that's why it's going to feel so good when the Nuggets win a championship uh, because they did it the right way, and they did it the hard way, and they did it the organic way. And winning a Honestly, championship that way yeah. is going to feel so much better than, than doing it on a spreadsheet. I've read enough Nietzsche in my life, I know you have as well, that I'm slow to say good and evil, especially when we're talking about who puts the ball through a hoop or this or that. I will say, though, a more interesting way. And that's, to me, at that's the like the At the very least, of, right? Yeah. At the very least, a significantly more interesting and a way that you can connect with a lot more as a fan. And that's, that, that's the part that was so cool. So, yes, Denver's supporting cast was better in last night's game. But guess what? That supporting cast wasn't put together on a goddamn spreadsheet with no soul and no heart. That was a, a group of guys that have been like through so many different battles over the years and, of course, the course of this season, ready yeah. for that moment. Yeah, absolutely. And Vote, Vote's dead inside. I want to hear his response because I see a disagreement on his face. No, no. You've got me lost in thought, brother. Thinking <laughs> long and deep. Go ahead, you Will. brought up a philosopher. I'm, I'm guessing that's who that was. And <laughs> you, just, you just sent Vote away. Reciting Nietzsche in his head. You've got to give go my guy yeah. Friedrich, man. He's one of my favorites. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on the list. Um, <laughs> so one of the things I want to do, we're going to start this off with a fantastic video. Kale, you can cue this up because we're going to pull on this thread. The vibes for the Nuggets team last night were like a 10 out of 10, and I just love that. We're going to play this video. Start it from the beginning here, but uh, play this video from the locker room last night. Check it out. It's Michael Malone. <laughs> Look at this shit, dude. Wow! Who says that? We ride with you. It's got to be Will, right? Ah, I think you're right. I think it is Will. He definitely sounds, and he always says "big fella" too. That's That's like his phrase. You're right. It was. I was trying to figure it out all morning, and it's like obvious. My, my idiot. I'm such an idiot. Um, I think back to Damian Lillard when he was talking this summer about leaving. I mean, it's one of his topics. He always talks about: Do I leave? Do I not? And he says, I sometimes, I always watch when a guy wins a championship for the first time, I watch because I'm trying to figure out if it's real, if they're really feeling those emotions. And with Giannis, I could tell it was real. Mm-hmm. I watched that video. That's real. That's real. Yeah. And there's not the only team that has this. There's a lot of teams we're going to go through them. But to me, that's what makes it special. When I say there's a soul to a team, that game meant a lot to J. Mike. It meant a lot to Bones. It le- meant a lot to Will Barton. It meant a lot to Nikola Jokic. It meant a lot to the less... Marcus Howard has this like 
photo I saw of him, like just like happy like a child. He didn't even play in the game. This has soul, and to me, that's what makes this so exciting. Is seeing moments like that, a team that really went through the fire, it means something. And that's the utility in that defensive player, the game chain, which we made fun yeah. of and laughed at. But it is, it's the kind of thing that teams built that way, players built that way can rally around. It's the yeah. kind of tool that Michael Malone can wield wisely. Anyway, I just I, th- I, th- I thought it was a really cool moment and one that the chain did, in fact, give us. Yeah, just culture is real. It's so real. It's so real. And teams like Philly, Brooklyn, the Lakers, they try to win without culture. And you can do it. You, you can absolutely do it. Like You can piece a team together and win a championship. Like the, the Lakers did that. You can absolutely do that. Um, but it's just not the same. And um, we've heard culture so much throughout the time Tim Connolly's built this team. And... Um, some of it you kind of brush off. You're like, oh, like how real is how real is culture? But it's moments like that right. when you watch that video and you're like, yeah, it's it's a hundred percent real. Um, it, it's just it, it that video is just so emblematic of um, just the culture, the locker room, the players they've brought in, how tight knit of a group it is. It's like a college locker room, you know. To your point. And this is what's so interesting about the Golden State Warriors. I feel like the way that the 2010s unfolded are so fascinating because you had the ultimate, in my opinion, vibes team the oh, ulti- yeah. in the Golden State Warriors around Steph Curry, who is on the same level, if not above Jokic, in terms of just like guys I think everybody wants to ride or die for when they're the, his teammate. Yeah. You know, like he's, he's just a, a supreme teammate as a superstar. Um, but then they got Kevin Durant, which was a spreadsheet team. That was like a team that was like, of course they're not going to lose. Like this team has tilted it in the margins where nothing else matters. They don't need it. And now here they are back, you know, together and the vibes are back with them. And so you're right. I like that you made the point. It isn't all one thing like culture always beats talent. Not true. These things all add up and you can't go too far. But I do wonder if the NBA and the players, especially this next generation is swinging back into that. I would rather lose pushing myself to the limit than necessarily win in a way that feels hollow. And Damian mm-hmm. Lillard, I think, was was mentioning this. Go to the Minnesota Timberwolves last night. Carl Anthony Towns scored 60 points. And in the locker room, this, this, by the way, was tweeted out from the team account, and it says family was the tweet. It says Love family. This. Every single player on the roster here, they're all like, you, there were some videos, too, of them like, over the moon for Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. He scored 60. This is an individual achievement. But this was everybody feeling a part of it. And I've watched, followed the Timberwolves this year enough, and really over last year, year, last year and a half, this is a team that reminds me so much of the Nuggets from two mm-hmm. or three years ago, forging a brotherhood and a family environment where they all are sharing in one player success. Something that the Nuggets always say is, we're always happy for each other's success, right. even if you know it comes from a guy who's stealing my minutes. Right. It's the same thing with the Timberwolves in that photo. Um, it's the same thing that you saw in that locker room last night in Philly. Like everybody's happy for Jamichael Green, you know, even guys he's taking minutes from. Everybody's happy for Bones Highland, even guys he's taking minutes from. And I don't know how you get to that point as an organization, where where you get to a point where the Nuggets are, where the Warriors are, where guys just feel that way. But it's a long, long process, and you got the right people in place and the right stuff going on day to day. Like, I don't know how you get there, but, but when you do, it's just so natural. And and the right stars, I think is a oh, really yeah, important ingredient. Yeah. Right. And Steph and Jokic are guys who look, is Steph super humble on the court? No, he celebrates his success, but 
the way he's approached being the face of that team, the joy he has watching Draymond, Clay, the supporting cast, the room he gives them to be celebrated. Jokic, it's all much more understated, but of course so similar. You think of the Austin Rivers quotes about how he couldn't believe that Jokic moved to the side hoop for him, right? Like these right, are all right. little things that add up where, I mean, how hard, how easy must it be to campaign for an MVP who just never toots his own horn right. or, or, you know, or, or just celebrates himself to that extent. And I think it becomes that much easier for a good coach, uh, a, a good leader of the organization and Tim Connolly to build an ideal culture. But this is why it's so funny last night when you see 76ers fans, really it wasn't the players, I can't blame this for this, but fans talking about you have no supporting cast. You already shot that bullet. That bullet was last year's playoffs. You got rid of the guy you said it was all his fault. Like, there's no more saying you still don't have a supporting cast. At some point, you have to say, do we have a culture or not that lends itself to the guys you didn't expect to win a game every now and then winning a game and the locker room going batshit crazy for those guys because they're like, we're all in this together. Right. Yeah. And that's what I thought was so cool. On top of also, like, the we ride with you, big fella. Jokic is, he has not made a big deal of the Embiid-Jokic matchup. He has right. not made... But we saw in that video, yes. it did matter. And not only did it matter to him, it mattered to the whole team of like, hey, we know you got this. But just so you know, we got your back when you got this too. Right. And and right. I just like, to me, I'm like, that's that means something to me. It Definitely. means a lot to me, actually. Yeah, I mean, Yoke is just a guy you want to you want to get behind right. like right you can't complain about Nikola Jokic you know <laughs> there's nothing you can complain about with him where you know a lot of other superstars yeah they're amazing players but you can complain about stuff if you're just a role player if you're a supporting guy with Yoke I mean he does nothing wrong <laughs> you know he's gonna pass to you if you're open he's gonna score if he's open he's gonna always make the right play so He's just such an easy guy to support and root for. And when you see a superstar like him putting in the work behind the scenes in the weight room on the practice court, I mean, everybody still this season, it talks about how he's the first guy in last one out and he gets a win like that. Like, yeah, you're going to feel like, yes, this guy absolutely deserves it. And of course you want to support that. And going back to Minnesota, my understanding based off what I watch, listen to read maybe that next step for Carl Anthony Towns, right? To be that kind of leader that guys rally around, play hard for. And who knows what combination it was of him growing or stepping up or the right guys coming in, the right vets coming in. But they have that. They play for each other. Yep. And you can tell in that Nuggets-Wolves matchup, that is a team that is taking pride in yep. a matchup that's cost them quite a lot of pride over the years. Yeah. So really, I, I've quite enjoyed that Timberwolves resurgence. And I think, I think you're right that it, it fits under this umbrella, so it's been cool to see. The Timberwolves, like the Nuggets, deserve to be out of the play-in. Like, this is why it's like it's kind of weird seeing them on the heels of Denver because you're kind of like, you know what? That's a team that I really do feel like did things wrong for the first five years of or four and a half years, basically, of the Carlton Towns era. And a lot of things have happened both on and off the court for the key players there. You know, obviously, Carl Anthony Towns, he just shared yesterday, was the two-year anniversary of his mother entering the ER. Obviously, she ended up passing away from COVID. Like, there's right. a lot that's happened in his own personal life. Right. But I also feel like 
with that team in particular, it was sort of a resetting of mm. what is it we're trying to be? We're not shortcutting. We're not fast-tracking. We're going to build everything step-by-step. Step. And he as a player and them as an organization have taken off. Lastly, though, we're going to talk about the ultimate vibes. I mentioned them. It's the Golden State Warriors. They were the third of the oh. vibes. It's so funny, man. Like, just 1,005 days. Oh, since big three play together? Isn't that wild? Everybody spent a second. The three of them. We're back. It's only right. We're back. Yeah, and they're apparently going to win the championship. I, I, I kind of think they are. That's what I heard. <laughs> After a win over the Wizards. <laughs> love this video, though. I love it, too. And I'm, this trio ain't done. And that's the one thing the NBA needs to know. They're not. They're not done. Honestly, I really believe this. They're not done. I watching last night, just seeing some of their highlights, and just also just knowing again that is a team that has a soul. Yeah. Their soul is as strong as any soul in the NBA. We just had to go through 365 days, basically. It's not even 365 days without our squad. Now, of course, we didn't get the championships to like let it lead into this, like the Warriors have. A thousand days since they got to play together. Didn't trade anyone away. Didn't quit. Didn't punt. Didn't do this or that. They just said, you know what? This is who we are. This is what we're doing. They are the vibes leader of the universe. Mm, the Golden yeah. State Warriors. Yeah. They really are. And the sense I got with the Warriors is they can just be so high on life because they've they kind of don't have a lot to lose just because they've True. won all these championships. Yeah, and a lot to gain, nothing to lose, right. really. Like, yeah, Steph Curry... Like, why shouldn't he be on 100 all the time? Like, Clay Thompson, he, he's got something to prove. But Draymond Green, like, these guys have already accomplished so much. Yeah, they can just be happy at every turn because, I mean, everything from here on out with them is just cake. It's so true. And you kind of touched on this in the beginning of that intro, watching that video. I'm so glad it's the trio because it always was the trio, wasn't it? That's it really what, was. And, and and we know the KD era makes them one of the greatest teams of all time. But what made them one of the most fun experiences in sports history was that trio and their rise together. And by the way, for, for my opinion, and maybe I was just salty, they're that much more fun to watch right away, right? With these three together. So shout out to them. They are one of the original did it the right ways. I know they they went a different direction, but it's just good to see them back on that path. Yeah. One of my one of my big things in the year 2022 of our Lord, one of my big like you talk about like resolutions or what have you. It's all about like focusing on this idea of trying to be as present as possible. So much of us, we like live in the future or the past with almost everything we're doing. Yeah. This whole philosophy built on it that I've like really invested myself in sports. One of the things that makes them so great is if you are playing or watching sports, you are so present. You are like, this is why live sports I don't think are going to go away, even though there's all this entertainment and different things you can do. When you're watching a sport, you are so hyper-connected to the very second mm. in time of which you are existing, and it's great. Everything hangs in the balance of that exact moment. I think there are a lot of athletes, and really over the last 15 years, athletes that have failed to live present. And I'm talking like LeBron James, I'll be honest. like He's like number case study number one of this. He has been thinking about where he fits into a broader historical context since he came in. It's a curse I think he's had to carry around, to be honest with you. It'd be better not. I think guys like Nikola Jokic, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Steph Curry, one of the things that's so special about them is how much they're all present. When Jokic talks about, like, brother, I don't care about the MVP, it's genuine. And I think part of it is because he's not worried about what will they say about me when I'm retired on my farm? And so he's like, I don't, people are going to talk because about me. And I'm never going to hear gonna it. Know about I'm it. not going to hear it. I'm not going to see it. I don't care. Like I want to play and I want to win right now, but tomorrow 
I'm not worried about what people say about it. And process. Process. Yeah. You touched on it with Steph, who is getting, you know, to that kind of Brady LeBron thing of do does he have to keep trying? Does he really have to have anything to prove? And yet I'm sure he does, still gets up and works every day. Giannis obsessed with the idea of getting better despite already being the single most improved basketball player of all time. Um, and then Jokic, who was once asked by TJ McBride, friend of the show, what motivates him with regards to wins or losing. And Jokic talked his way through it and realized it's neither. It's the process. Oh, man. The process of trying to get better with the group at hand, of identifying what went wrong, what can be better next time, playing the right way, playing for each other. So process-oriented, guys, and that's really fun to watch. Because that's what matters. That's the only thing you can control is the process. Mm -hmm. The result is, like, in God's hands, like, in a lot of ways. I think with KD, though, I will say that I have to give KD some credit. I think KD has made a transformation over the years where he is a more present DGAF-type type athlete. Yeah. And he, as evidenced by, they lost in Game 7 in overtime last year in a, a phenomenal game, could have won the title. Does anybody talk about, what, how do they talk about KD in that series? That he was freaking awesome, that yeah. the series was awesome. This is the thing, when you stop caring and actually are just about the process and about the competition and live in the moment, the legacy writes itself, and this is what's so funny about it. KD didn't try to say, yeah, well, my teammates let me down, and did you guys notice I'm the only one that scored in overtime? No, he didn't do any of that. It's just like, hey, we lost. Did you see that video of LeBron signing his own game ball the other <sighs> night the guy it was after who they lose to like i forget who they lost to oh but the six of uh, the thirty thousand or whatever yeah. yeah he is sitting at his locker with the basketball and writing on it in sharpie first player to ever have <laughs> that's what he wrote thirty thousand points ten thousand oh. rebounds ten thousand he wrote it on the ball and then posed for a picture and it was like dude could you imagine Giannis or no, Nikola Jokic doing that after just getting smacked <laughs> by the Rockets or whoever they freaking lost to? Yeah. No, man. Like, that was embarrassing, I thought. And yes, LeBron can do that because he's a top two player of all time. He's one of the greats, of course. Of but course. He's allowed to do that. But it's just like, ugh. <laughs> Come on, man. <laughs> yeah, let's, hit, let's hit our first break. We're behind on, schedule. Man. We got to hit a break here. On the other side, though, we're going to start to talk about Bones Highland, who was uh, I'll talk about Vibe Masters. Oh, he was a Vibes Master yesterday uh, in that game. And we're going to recontextualize. What is it we expect of him now? Have we raised his upside as a prospect? We'll mm -hmm. talk about that. Guys, make sure to pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager because it is nugget season. Breckenridge Brewery is the official beer of DNVR. If you're in the area, stop into the bar on the corner of Colfax, New York. We got Breck Brew on tap. We got Breck Brew Seltzers chilling in the fridge. If you're not in Denver, that's okay. Check out the Breck Brew Beer Locator on the Breckenridge Brewery website. That will tell you where you can get Breck Brew as close to you. Pick up some Mile High City Copper Lager today. At DraftKings, we've got the tournament going on this week. The tournament, oh, boys. This is, this is like this number two week for sports gambling yes. behind the Super Bowl. The teams have been selected for the biggest tournament of the year. There's only a few days left to join in on the action before the first team tips off this Thursday. DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a shot to bet just $5 on any team to win. Get $200 in free bets if they do. 
It's that simple. If they win, you win. DraftKings Sportsbook customers can also bet on college hoops with same-game parlays, combine multiple bets from the same game for a bigger payout. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code DNVR. Bet $5 on any college hoops team to win and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code DNVR. That's this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older. Colorado only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details. Gambling problem. Call 1-800-522-4700. Awesome. Alrighty, Back here. Segment two. DNVR Nuggets podcast. Don't forget, you've only got like three more days to buy your tickets for our party bus slash takeover, which is a week from Saturday, March 26th. Nuggets hosting the uh, Oklahoma City Thunder. I think Michael Porter Jr. will be back. We were supposed to get an update. Did you guys see this? That that Woj gave yeah, an update that it froze. Yeah, we talked about. It. It's so crazy. So we were denied. I'm well, sure. I can't imagine it would have been that big it of an update have, because right. he probably would have tweeted something right. out. Well, well, yeah, that's true. What do you think Woj was going to say in that moment? What's the latest on Michael Porter? He probably talked to Mark Bartlestein recently, who told him there's been no setbacks. It's progressing well. Michael oh, Porter man. Jr. He's ramping, ramping up. up. That's he's <laughs> he's participating in some practices. I doing to, some contact. There is an expectation that he sh- he the will. The Nuggets. Return. They're very encouraged. Tim Connolly. He's very encouraged by Michael Porter's progress. <laughs> the hope is that he's back before the end of the season. That he can rejoin this team. Sometime within the next several yeah. weeks. The hope is that you know like that he can, yeah. The hope is that he can rejoin a Nuggets team that could be a very dangerous contender in the Western Conference <laughs> if they get Michael Porter Jr. back, maybe Jamal Murray back as well. <laughs> That's very good, Woj. That's great stuff. Shouts to Woj. Um, but last night, guys, Bones Highland. I think he's had some big games. Kill that last comment up. What was the last comment? I agree. Okay, sorry. You can look, looking tan. <laughs> yeah, you look dark, man. Wow, bro. My goodness. It's dark. definitely the lighting. Um, so <laughs> I think last night was the Bones game. And there's been some big ones, but yeah. the stakes, it being The close, jersey. The jersey, it being close to his hometown and having everybody in the stands. Oh, and yeah. then let's be honest, it might have also just been the game in a vacuum. It might have just been the best game. That was the Bones Highland game to me. Any no, arguments? No, absolutely. Agreed. Absolutely. National TV. Biggest regular season game of the, of the year for Denver by far. And he balled out. Yeah, absolutely. I also feel like this was a turning point game for him because, look, what happens in Denver doesn't make its way out of Denver very often. Right, and this right. was one of those ones, national television, the storylines, and then him playing well. Like, everybody was introduced to his backstory, right. which is obviously one we had heard, but it's a fantastic one. And I just feel like he made a lot of fans last night around the league that were just like, hey, this guy's kind of fun. He's kind of talented. He's kind of sweet. Uh, you know, a total sweetheart. We saw he, like, had – it's so funny. He gave his jersey to his old teacher, oh which God, is just hilarious. Um so just everything about it was a 10 out of 10. But here's what I really want to talk about. Bones has been – it's so funny how long a season is. Vote, do you remember a time back way back in the first part of the season where we were talking about he needs to play more, he's not getting <laughs> enough minutes? Because here we are with 14 games to go, one month left in the season, and it's like Bones is one of the guys. He's one of the main guys. Like if you yep. talked about he's probably like – he's obviously playing in every single game. He's not going to miss a game now if he's healthy. And on top of that – on some nights, he's the most important guy off of the bench. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the, and the regular season, he's become arguably just that. And then even just three weeks ago, the question was, how do you view him as a playoff piece? Right. And since yeah. then, I think he's taken all yeah. sort of choices and doubt off the table. What he can give you versus what he can cost you. 
I, it's looking more and more like a no-brainer. They need that punch. He also has this thing where not only is he helping the second unit play better as a point guard, as a scorer, but he just got the juice. Like, Bones hits a three, and you feel momentum shift. And maybe that's just a, a from-a-distance blogger take, but it really no, feels man. that way Every to me. three he hits feels momentum change. Every single one. The one of the kind of like Michael Porter Jr. three a little bit. Michael Porter threes just feel like so helpless. Like, I mean, they're like KD threes where you're just like, like, well, there's nothing we can do about is that. that. Worth six um, in the summer league, the most impressive thing about Bones Highland was how everybody looked to him. Yes. Well, here you are with a group of veteran players, and I still feel like not every night, but most more often than not, the team sort of looks to him for the personality, for the edge, but also just for the organization. And part of that's because mm -hmm. he's a point guard. But like even last night. The guys even in the starting lineup were looking to Bones for like, hey, man, like help us do what the thing that we need right, to do to yeah. win this. It's crazy. <laughs> I mean, he's a rookie who played two years in college. He's still pretty inexperienced. And um, you know, he's on a team full of vets like we just talked about in the first segment who have been through the wars together. Right. And they're looking to him. It's the ultimate sign of respect. Like that's first and foremost. Everybody in that locker room respects Bones and thinks he's legit. Like people within the Nuggets think he can be a star. Like full stop. Well, and I, I think you're seeing that in just how much trust and, like I said, respect his teammates have for him. Let's compare though, or let's think about that then real quick. Do you think that he is a star? And like, where do you see his ceiling now, having almost a full season of, of observing him? Yeah, I mean, he can be an all star. Absolutely. Absolutely. If you look at his and Jamal Murray's statistics from their rookie year, they're pretty much identical. So and he, Bones actually is a much better shooter than Murray was his rookie year. So I'm not – here's the thing that's difficult. I'm not sure if it's fair to compare rookie to rookie because Jamal was 19, Bones 21. Yeah. I don't think it's fair to compare 21 to 21 because he had three years of experience in the league. That's also not fair. So I try to split the difference. If you compare – Jamal's second season, which was his age 20 season, and Bones' rookie season, age 21, to me that just feels like a little bit more fair. I was just thinking rookie because they're both backup point guards minutes, also. Minutes per game is very important. And here. also playing the same role. If True. you look at per 36 minutes, Bones Highland, 18.3 points. Jamal Murray, 19 points per, uh, per 36 minutes. Assists, Bones, 4.5. Jamal, 3.8. Rebounds, Bones 5.4, Jamal 4.2. This part's crazy. Like He's a rebounder, man. Yeah. Uh, and then you look at the percentages from three to your point. Basically 37 for Bones, basically 38 for Jamal, but four more attempts per game or per 36. He gets them up. Those numbers are very comparable. I look at that and I think he's kind of as effective as second-year Jamal. Yeah. And I, I know you just like said don't look at the rookie-year numbers, but – I just kind of think back to Jamal's rookie year, and Bones is being used in the same role that Jamal was his rookie year. Yeah, Spark plug fair. off the bench, running the second unit. If he's having a great game, he's mm. closing the fourth quarter. Yeah, it's the role Bones is in right now. So it's like I don't envision Bones starting next season like Jamal did in his second year, um, but he could follow a similar trajectory. That's not out of the question, I don't think. Yeah, I mean, he probably has to be a a skilled to masterful three-level scorer, right, to be a star. I mean, I think he – the mid-range game, I think if yeah, he can – Yeah, I agree. He's great at the rim, great getting himself free, and obviously beyond the perimeter, he's awesome. In between, I think, can he, can he become more of a threat, even more unguardable? Then you can start looking at and talking about, I think, stardom. Starter, though, for sure. Really, really good player. A, a guy who – 
he's a lighthouse figure, right? And that is a star intangible. You guys were just saying it. Guys, they're on the floor with Bones Highland, and they're trying to find Bones Highland. The ball finds him, too. So I'll say this. Bones seems like definitely more of a natural point guard than Jamal was at, at that stage. I think, so I, I think well. that's probably I fair. That as well. That's probably fair. Um, I mean, Bones' feel for the game is just off the charts. Yeah. He really does have – I he think it, to your point, though, about the mid-range game, here's part of what I find so exciting about Bones. There's real tangible things that I look at that I'm like, he can get a lot better at this. And if mm-hmm. he does, it'll open up his game a lot. Sometimes you look at a player and you're like, they're so good, but where where do they improve? Just maybe a little bit of everything. Bones has like footwork things in the pull-up, especially in pick and roll, where teams are going to sink too low. Just mm. Monte Morris them to death. Pull up yeah. from mid-range, especially late in games. And his shot is kind of slow. His gather's a little slow there and a little inconsistent. But to me, I'm like, yeah, that's a thing you add, though. That's you a thing get that, better at that you get with people that you trust, mm. whether it's the Denver Nuggets training staff or your own trainers that are like, hey, man, here's a hole in your game or a weakness that we're going to develop so it's no longer. And then, yeah, try guarding that Hezzy when you are having to bite hard on his foul line jump shot. So yeah, right. I, I'm with you. Right, I, I'm right there with you. I think I came into the season thinking Bones had starter potential as a, as a prospect. Um, low end all-star potential, but like not that high. I would say right now I look at it and I go, I'm so intrigued by Bones as a prospect. I don't, I, all-star is still hard because like Jamal Murray's a great player, still not an all-star. Sure. So all-star is such a high bar. I still think that's going to be really, really difficult for him. We'll see. We'll just kind of see. This next year will be a big one. But I look at him and I go, is he a guy that can win you a playoff series? You know, you talk about you have a Murray, you have a Jokic, you have a Porter, you have a Gordon. Is he a guy that could tilt a playoff series because he's that next B? I'm, I look at it and I go, absolutely. He yeah. might be the guy that is just supplemental to all of that that other teams are like, crap, we have our worst defender on him and he's just cooking him. Yeah. A lot of people definitely early on the season and when he was coming out of the draft like to compare him to Lou Williams, yep. Jamal Crawford, <laughs> that just instant offense guy off the bench. And I think he's definitely moved beyond that, for me at least. Like he is a those are great players, great players. But he projects in my mind to just be, he could be a cornerstone guy. You know, Mm. he he could be a guy you start and and just runs your team and plays both ends of the floor. I think he can be a good defender going forward. Not like an elite defender, but his length definitely above average. He's so good at closing out. He covers so much ground on closeouts because he's so long and he's so sprint. He's like an Impala. And and the other thing with that comparison that a lot of people like to make to that sixth man is Bones' assist numbers have been pretty impressive since he's moved into this backup point guard role. I mean, he's had a lot of games where he's handed out like five or six assists and one turnover. You know, seven assists, two turnovers. So I think he's just progressing at a pretty rapid rate, just learning the point guard position and growing in that role. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I just really love what you see from him. Here's the thing, though, about players in general. Talent is only so much, and his talent's there. The next question that we just don't know, we don't have privy, nobody really knows this. I'm so curious to see how he responds to this year. Young players sometimes can have early success, and it's like, oh, I'm there. I arrived. Mm-hmm. No player has arrived. Jokic has not arrived. He still has more to his game to build on this. The lap. greats know they've never arrived. They know they've never arrived. Right. And I'm just so curious to see with Bones, is he a hard worker? And not just a hard worker. Like everybody that got to this level has some kind of work ethic to him. Like he's just very rare. Eddie Curry's of the world maybe they just had natural size and talent and athleticism. But very few players make it to this without a strong work ethic. Now it's like, are you the 1% of the 1%? And that's what we just don't know. The adversity, the coaching. How do you handle coaching? How do you handle if he comes in next year and is not a starter? 
and maybe he getting fewer touches. Like, how does he handle all of those things? And those are questions we just don't know. So, I'm excited. I'm I'm definitely. Have you vote? Have you elevated sort of your ups brightest timeline with Bones? Sure, sure. Because we've seen I. Well, I think you move the whole bracket up a bit. To Win's point, he's a far more complete player already. Do we need a new graphic? Than he was talking for what? About. Brightest timeline. The I, brightest. Uh, maybe, man. I'm gonna hold off on Star. There's a you. Know, so many things have to go right. He's a late first rounder. I think it would still be unfair, but he thinks he can get there. Confidence is half the battle, and he's got a lot of the skills too. So, yeah, probably silly to put on a, a ceiling on him now. He's a good player. He's a very good player. All right, let's hit our other break. On the other side, we're going to bring in Justin Michael, who is waiting in the wings here to talk about one of my favorite basketball players, David Roddy. He's my favorite, C man. Hands C off. <laughs> CSU entering the tournament, uh, as well as just some general thoughts on the Nuggets. He's a big Nuggets guy as well, so we're going to get some talk there. All right, if you guys haven't been able to watch Nuggets and Avalanche games this season, Ivaca TV, they're here. The homies! They're saving the day. Go to ivaca.tv slash dnvr ivaca.tv slash dnvr it's only 25 dollars a month no contracts no hidden fees your price is locked in for I'll two years my notebook here yeah get that down get that yeah. down and you get altitude you get a bunch of other national channels as well uh so like i said ivaca.tv slash dnvr ivaca.tv slash dnvr it's only 25 dollars a month it looks really good. Great picture quality. It's not just a streaming, you know, quality that goes in and out. It's really good picture. $25 a month, like I said. No contracts, no hidden fees. That price, it's locked in for two years. Get on that. Evoca TV. They're awesome. We know a lot of people who have switched over and they're watching Nuggets and Avalanche games again. Also at Lightshade Dispensary, guys. Lightshade Dispensary. You can get Wana. Wanna, uh, an awesome uh, product from Lightshade Dispensaries. Need to catch up on some shut eye after the big game? Maybe? Yeah. Last oh, night? oh, are you kidding? That's the hardest thing is like going from adrenaline to sleep when you have to go to bed. Yeah. Well, check out the uh, Wanna Optimals Fast Asleep because no matter when you take them, this well rounded recipe will leave you feeling rested and refreshed in the morning. Uh, Wana Optimal's Fast Asleep Gummies offer a holistic plant-based solution that tackles the root causes of sleeplessness like stress and pain. It's a fast-acting sleep aid that can have your eyelids feeling heavy in just 5 to 10 minutes. So where can you find Wana? You can get it at Colorado's premier dispensary, Lightshade, Light with 10 soon-to-be 11 locations. I think that 11 one actually opened on March 1st. There you go. 11 locations in the Denver Metro and Aurora areas. Podcast list listeners can also get 25% off non-sale items with the code DNVR. So shop online at lightshade.com, lightshade.com, or you can pick up or visit a Lightshade location near you. I love it. All right, let's welcome in from the DNVR Rams beat oh, podcast, go. written content, social let's media, go. everything else. It is Justin Michael. Justin, what's going on, brother? Just excited, man. It's it's the best time of year. It's NCAA tournament. The Rams are in it first time in, in close to a decade. I mean, the, the vibes are immaculate with all things CSU right now, and it, it's probably the first time in my adult life that I <laughs> <laughs> I love that button to put on it. But honestly, you're almost underselling. I know you're selling it very hard here, but you're almost underselling. I mean, this has been a really fantastic run for CSU across multiple sports, um, men's and women's basketball here. So this is really cool. But let's um, before we get into too much Rams talk here, just you're a Nuggets guy as well. I know you're a big Nuggets fan. So give us your sort of 
what what is the thing you're enjoying most about this season and sort of what's your biggest perspective on the season as you're watching this Nuggets team? I think that this Nuggets team has already kind of outplayed my expectations just given the injury situation with Jamal and MPJ and obviously you guys have, have talked about that kind of stuff at length but I've always been a big Monte Morris guy going back mm. to his Iowa State days when they brought him in I was stoked you know I, I kind of felt like a couple years ago they would have actually they would have benefited to making him the starting point guard and sliding over Jamal to the two then Jamal in the playoffs kind of happened and I changed my opinion on that but I, I think Monte is a legitimate starting point guard for most teams in the NBA at this point and just seeing him and, and the emergence of Bones off the bench has been just such a bright spot. And, and they're just a fun team. Monte Morris is such a college guy's favorite NBA player. Absolutely. <laughs> Four-year player, Four year assist to turnover <laughs> record. record. Yeah. Just a great guy in the community. Mr. You know, Cyclone. He's a yeah. big yeah. Iowa Miss, State guy, yeah, too. Mr. Mr. Cyclone, uh, for sure. Mr. Cyclone. That's so funny. <laughs> um, so... The Ames. I know. Admiral. I know. We have one super chat. I saw. I read it real quick. So you can pull that up here, and we can let Justin kind of get in on this as well. It comes from Smuggets of all people, and he says, "Oh my gosh, Whoa. that is the biggest I've ever seen." It. it says something really cool to me is how I've seen media folks not only begin to realize how great Jokic is, but why he is great. He makes his team better. He plays the right way. He changes the game. I mean, agree on all accounts. I don't know. You know, I don't. The, the media still has weird ways of talking about Yoke. I yeah. do. There are people out there that appreciate it, and like some high-profile people that have come around. But that is the thing about Jokic, Justin. Is like he's not just like the one of the most skilled players we've ever had at any like at the NBA across all eras. One of the most skilled, but he really does seem to get it on this other level that I just appreciate. I think that's kind of what separates him from some of the other you know generational superstars in the NBA right now. And it's not to say that. All of them are selfish or they don't, you know, get their teammates involved. But the metrics make it pretty clear. When Jokic is on the floor, the Nuggets are one of the best teams in the NBA. And it's not just because of what he's doing. It's what the attention he draws and the open shots that it creates for everyone else. His willingness to pass, set screens, rebound, just do everything. And I know that to an extent, because Jokic is, is such a stat stuffer, that some of those, like, advanced metrics are, are really going to maybe even make him seem better than he is like when you talk about the stuff with like comparing him to MJ and, and that type of stuff or, that might be a fair shot I don't know I all I know fair. is that Jokic is the best basketball player I've ever seen consistently and to me how how would there be anyone in the league you would rather play with like I as a talented no. player he's always going to get you touches he could give a crap if he goes for 30 if you're, if you're winning and you go for 40 he's going to love it I, he's just a great teammate I saw a tweet last night. I forget who it was from, but it was something along the lines of, yeah, like we have this Jokic and B debate and we like try to find out who the best center is and the best player. But every single time Jokic just comes out on top. <laughs> and I was thinking <laughs> hey, about man, it. And there's something. It's kind of true. Like somehow, some way, he's just always winning. Dude, he people, just finds a way to win. This is why it's funny to me when people are talking about like who outplayed this or that. And I'm always like, I don't know. One team was down three starters on the road and pulled out a win. So I'm yeah. sorry. Like we could contextualize this all we want, but somehow it just keeps happening. He just always way. finds a way. So, somehow and, it just keeps yeah. going, but whatever. Um, let's get into some Rams talk let's here though. Let's get into some Rams talk here because speaking of guys that would be fun to play with the Rams have an all timer. They have an all timer in, in Rams lore, uh, lore here in David Roddy. Explain to the those watching the show who might not know, who is David Roddy and, and what makes him so special as a player? 
David Roddy is is kind of a unique story from the get-go. He's was very very uh, just I guess the, the, what would the word be? He anticipated before he signed. You know, with CSU, he was a very highly anticipated recruit. He picked CSU over the University of Minnesota, Northwestern, a couple of other Big Ten offers, largely due to the relationship that he has with Nico Medved and Dave Thorson, who's actually since gone back to Minnesota. Roddy came in and, you know, actually kind of got outshined by Isaiah Stevens his freshman year, who went on to win the, the Mountain West Freshman of the Year. And he was really good, right. but everyone was like, no, is, is he going to be the guy that we thought he was? And then last year, we just kind of see this emergence of this versatile superstar, a guy who can score at all levels, who's passing, he can defend all five positions. And now this year, he's like basically playing like an All-American. I actually just got a press release saying he was an AP honorable mention. A couple outlets had him third team. So, I mean, it's not just me, like a, a local guy who's gotten to know him and, and really much enjoys him as a person rooting for this guy's success. People, you know, high-level basketball minds are looking at David Roddy and like, this is a top 20 player in the country. And when you watch him, he, he's just so unique. Like, much like Jokic, he makes everyone on the floor better. He draws so much attention, he's willing to pass it out. He can defend all five positions. He's about, he's listed at 6'6". Six, six. I'm saying he's more like 6'5". And he's yeah. going against, you know, 6'11", 7-footers a lot of the time. And he just, they can't do anything with him. Like, now he's a 45% three-point shooter, so they have to chase him out to the line, and then he drives on you and dunks. Like, and I know I've kind of been all over the, the place here with my, my description of David No, it's Roddy, all great. He's a Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Mm. And this is what I like about him is he honestly can do everything. You know, he's not – like, if I can't characterize him. You say, what is he? Is he a defender? I'm like, well, yeah, he is a good defender. I mean, he kind of reminds me of – like James Harden or um, re even better Draymond Green in that he is out heighted, but he's not out strength. Like he's stronger than everybody he's going up against. And he's got that super low center of gravity. So when he's got a seven footer that he's guarding in the post, like the seven footer can't back him down. Cause he's like, no man, I'm stronger than you. Mm -hmm. And then he's just so, you know, like good at using his hands and this or that. But then you say like, is he a scorer? He's a pretty good scorer. I don't think he's a great scorer, but he's a pretty good scorer, but it's just that he's not just a scorer. It's like, Hey, if you're going to, play him like he's a scorer that he's going to pass and facilitate. If you're going to play him like a passer, he's going to score. He's just he's a basketball player at almost every skill. Some would say a hooper. <laughs> he's a hooper. <laughs> a winner. Some, some would. He's, some. he's definitely a, a hooper as well. Um, so walk us through the season that CSU just had. I know they're ranked, uh, is it 23? Yeah, 23rd or uh, 24th in the AP poll, 23rd last week. They actually got jumped by Boise State. Oh. Who won, yeah, the Mountain West Tournament and the Mountain West Championships. Like, I get it. I will say CSU swept Boise State, so head-to-head -head twice doesn't seem to count. But, um, you know, it, it was a special year right off the bat. You know, everybody came in with high expectations. They were preseason conference favorites for the first time ever. They start the year by beating last year's Sweet 16 darling Oral Roberts and Max Azemus in, in Moby Arena and throwing like 100 points on the board. Yeah. They ended up beating a top 25 St. Mary's team by 16 a couple weeks later. They go to the Cayman Islands. And oh yeah, and you know they're down 17 at halftime. Yeah, like to a not that impressive northeastern team. And actually, Kevin Lytle, the Coloradoan, just wrote a, a cool feature on it. He had kind of been sitting on it because he was down there. One of the walk-ons on the team actually went up to David Roddy at halftime and basically was like, "Figure this shit out. We can't lose." And <laughs> that's they did. that's the Vlatko Chanchar of the Nuggets. I love it of the exactly. Rams. Yeah. That's awesome. And they've just kind of carried it on. You know, the Mountain West is, is really good. There have been a couple of disappointing moments. They got 
wrecked by San Diego State after a COVID pause. It is what it is. They're a top three defensive team in, in the country. They kind of do that to everybody. They just muck things up. And then they got swept by UNLV. And, and that was a bummer because it prevented them from getting a share of the conference championship. Even if you win one of those games, they would have tied with Boise State after scooping them. But, you know, Bryce Hamilton is, is an NBA player, one of the, the more underrated wings in the country. And, you know, he went off for 36 and they came in Fort Collins. There wasn't much you could do about it. So what are, you know, I was, a, I, I will say I was a little disappointed, not to be a dad, a little disappointed at their loss against San Diego State just watching it because I thought they should have won that game. I thought like that was, especially watching it unfold, I was just like, man, I think they can pull this one out and they didn't. I was a little shocked. I was almost like, oh man, I kind of expected that. I just kept thinking, oh, they got this, they got this. Um, so they're limp. I wouldn't say limping in because they finished more or less where they were probably projected to go final or semifinal in a card fought one. Um, but, you know, now you head in and you play Michigan. First of all, they got the thing going where they play Michigan in Indianapolis. What's the deal I hear that they have that as of this morning they didn't have their itinerary yet? What, what's going on there? Well, so the NCAA handles all the travel arrangements for the tournament. And it was, you know, they're, they're supposed to be the first game on Thursday morning. And it was like close to 10 p.m. Mountain Time. And they didn't even know when they were supposed to fly out yet. That's so dumb. Medved ended up getting up uh, Matt Norlander of CBS to kind of put some public pressure on them. Like an hour later, of course. But oh, you know, now it's all figured out after the NCAA starts, you know, getting ripped on. It, it turns out there's actually a couple of other small school teams that play late Thursday or, or early Friday that still don't have their itineraries even as of today. So it's not like they're having some logistical problems there. But uh, it, it's all worked out. They're in Indianapolis now. They flew out early this morning. It, it, it's okay, but man, it. <laughs> Just not a great look. Not a great look. How, how do you kind of handicap their chances against the Michigan team here? I mean, I know Michigan's not very good, but how, what's that game going to look like? It's a really interesting matchup because when you look at the metrics, they're pretty similarly in terms of offense and a defense, like when you look at Kempom and, and some of that kind of stuff. A ton of size difference. I mean, Michigan on average about two inches bigger than every CSU player. Obviously, mm. Hunter Dickinson, their seven foot one center, is. A legit NBA prospect, a guy that can take over. The thing about this Michigan team is they really haven't been interested in playing a lick of defense all year long. And this is a CSU offense that when it gets going can really pour it on you. Mm. And it's also kind of an intriguing matchup because I think CSU offensively is best when they put Roddy at the five and they do the small ball lineup. And yeah. I really think that would challenge Michigan because I, I don't know how they're going to be able to chase Roddy all over the floor. The counter is that kind of makes you susceptible defensively the other way. You might give up a bunch of offensive rebounds, and then, you know, if you get in foul trouble, that could really, really put you in a tough spot, especially if it ends up being Roddy. So what's your kind of prediction for that game? Do you have one yet? Is it too early? I I think CSU is the better basketball team. So I, I feel confident. They're an underdog. CSU's They're an underdog? Yeah. On, I'm, looking at it. I'm about to make a DraftKings pick of the it's, week. So. It's about, uh, you know, like a road game. It's basically a road game yeah. here. It's kind of a bummer. They're a, a two-and-a-half-point underdog. Two-and-a-half, wow. I will say this. I brought that up while recording with a, a Michigan guy, Dylan Burkhart, this morning. And because Michigan's kind of been a disappointment this year, they came in preseason top five, were out of the top 25 by the end of November, haven't been back. He doesn't think necessarily that they're going to travel all that well for mm. it. Oh. I will say everybody else, you know, the two, the, the Kentucky fans of the world, the other people that are going to be out there, I think they're pulling for CSU. Right? Oh, yeah. I mean, you're definitely <laughs> at the small schools. But I, I think the, the general crowd will back CSU. 
and maybe that uh, the game being in Indianapolis isn't quite as big of a factor as I initially would have imagined. Well, that, that's the thing that happens when there are fans, because there's fans again now at, at the tournament. But when you have those neutral fans, they're just always pulling for the underdog. Yeah. You know, when, when you're well, there. And what's funny is the underdog seed, because you could say that CSU could be the underdog by yeah, gambling, I mean. but they're the that's, sixth seed, so I mean. they would be yeah. like, yeah, somehow you're, yeah. you're... It's so funny to think of that, like, oh, we're rooting for the also, underdog Michigan. Michigan <laughs> doesn't have a coach. <laughs> Michigan doesn't have a coach, right? Well, Howard will be back now. He'll be back for Oh, the, he is? I thought he was suspended for the year. No, he's back? I, oh. I think it was just the regular season oh. and the, uh, the Big Ten tournament. So, like, yeah. one game? <laughs> so dumb. Um, okay. If they who, who would be waiting in the next round? Who, what is the matchup there? The three, what is it, 13? It's the 14? If they win, they're probably going to get Tennessee, who's the three seed in, in their bracket. And there's been a lot of talk about Tennessee potentially being underseeded and Mm. You know, even even that matchup, like Tennessee, they've got a lot of a lot of size again, a lot of athleticism, but they've been really up and down all year. They're kind of one of those teams where it's just like they pick and choose when they want to play defense, and when they do, they're they can be locked down. I could kind of see Tennessee overlooking a team like CSU. Um, it, you know, it's, if you're if you're gonna make a run, you're gonna have to beat some of these good teams no matter what, right? Sure. For CSU, it's unfortunate that you're in Indianapolis, yes, but you get a Michigan team that's been really inconsistent. They've basically been like win-loss, win-loss all yeah. year round. They just blew a 17-point lead against Indiana in the Big Ten Championship to get bounced. Tennessee's up and down. Like, Ohio State's up and down. They're in a region where, you know, you, you could maybe make a Sweet 16 run even deeper. I mean, Arizona's sitting there if you make it to the Elite Eight, and at that point, probably not making it through. I think they might be the best team in the country. But, you know, the, the chance for a run is there for CSU. And you got to respect this team. I mean, it's a veteran team. They've played together for three years now. Right. They've played a lot of high, intense basketball games in the Mountain West. Three overtime games. They played a bunch of teams that won the tournament in non-conference. I, just, I think they're ready for this moment. I'm ready for this moment. I'm like I have no affiliation to CSU or CU. Like I kind of this season. I kinda, but I've, I'm like on the bandwagon for me this too. run here. I just yeah, love Roddy. I love this group. Uh, me too. You know, tell us real quick. I know you're going to be out in Indianapolis covering this game. What do you have planned for us? Yeah, it's going to be awesome. Ryan Green's going to be out there with me, so we're going to have vlogs. You know, with the whole behind the scenes process. Really cool photos. Unfortunately, the NCAA is pretty tight about media rights and stuff so we can't shoot highlights during the game the same way you can yeah. with, with pro sport the whole thing is absurd but you know it is what it is i'm going to be doing you know uh, unique features I, I wrote a piece on chandler jacobs out at the mountain west tournament that i think was probably the best piece i've written so far this season hoping to get more stuff on that just like talking about these seniors these juniors the journey you know everything that's that's been to this point what it means to the community I'll obviously dive into the matchups themselves, the game, break it down, give you my takeaways, pregame and postgame pods. I mean, we are going to be your spot for all things CSU Rams coverage come NCAA tournament time. Well, I'm excited. Not just that, but also just general tournament. Everybody loves the tournament. Let's so you can get your fix, obviously, with the great work Justin's doing over at CSU Rams. Thank you so much for hopping on the show. Good to see you, Justin. Thanks for having yeah, me on. Man. This is awesome. Have fun out there, buddy. I got to make a DraftKings pick of the week. All right, what do, you, what do you got for us? I'm going to take the Rams. They're, they're an underdog. <laughs> they're an underdog. You got to do it. Money line apparently, or? according to Justin, they should win. Money line or are you taking minus two I'm and a half? I'm just going to take the money line. 
All right. Plus 125. Straight up win. I love it. Uh, Guys, thank you so much for tuning in here on this off day. We're back again tomorrow, Wednesday. We got Washington Wednesday. Yes. Next week, West Unsell Juniors. West Unsell Juniors. Um, But obviously, tomorrow's a big game. I think Dallas has a tough matchup. Minnesota has a tough match. Oh, Minnesota has the Lakers. Uh, Utah has a tough matchup. I think you got Bulls, Utah. So there's some big games tomorrow. We could see some movement, um, but hopefully there's no hangover for the Nuggets as they take on the, uh, the Wizards. All right, everybody. Hit that like button. We'll see you tomorrow.